What's up, everybody? Terminal Transmissions back at you again for the millionth time. Seventeenth. That's a <laughs> that's a metric million. There's a, a vague margin of error there. Yeah, yeah. That's how many unique planets there are in No Man's <laughs> So anyway, yeah, we made it to episode seventeen, yeah. which isn't really like a good number. I feel like there's no good jokes we can make, so I just had to spitball about millions and shit. I like it. But, um, so let's get into TV. Um, we still don't have like a good series to replace, uh, <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones and Preach. So we're just going to keep talking about other ish. So I'm going to talk about, uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is the new Star Trek series that's coming out. Um, it is, it does take place in like the traditional, the prime universe is what they call it, which is all mm-hmm. the original TV series and movies, but it is a prequel. It takes place 10 years before the original series. So 10 years before Kirk set off on his journey. Which I just found out about, and I really like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Mm-hmm. It'll be really... I'm curious to see what yeah. they're, they're going to do with it. So there have been, not necessarily like hints, but the showrunner, Brian Fuller, has said that there's a potential for there to be characters... For, that like some overlap? Right, right. At the very least, characters that were referenced oh, in the original series Okay, that might be older, like maybe like Spock's mom or something Okay, like cool. So an interesting thing that I thought was that it's going to be the first serialized Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being episode to episode, it's actually going to have a story arc that covers the entire season. Really? Cool. Which has never been done before. I mean, yeah. there's always been kind of like underlying themes, sure. that, yeah. but, but they've always been episodic. I, um, I, I really like that in going, going way old school with this, but in uh, Deep Space Nine, when they did the entire story arc of the Changelings, Right, right, right. And that right. was really, really, really cool. Because that was, I think it was basically the entire season. Yeah. And uh, Deep Space Nine was easier to do something like that with because they were so locked into one place. Right. Versus the other Star Treks where they were bopping around the galaxy. So Garrett and I both really love DS9. Yeah. Um, it's one of the like 30 or 40 things that we have uh, unwanted opinions about. Yeah, it's real. Um, it's so strange to me because I, I just thought that Deep Space Nine was incredible. Yeah. And I didn't know until you told me that it was not well received by yeah. the, by the general fandom. And I yeah. was like, Why? I think it's like, the, I think it's like the second least well received season after enterprise. Really? Yeah. Weird. People loved Voyager, dude. <laughs> People fucking loved Voyager. Like yeah. loved it. Honestly, for me, like I, I never watched enterprise, but my least favorite season is the original, or I guess you call it a season. My, my least favorite series is the original. Yeah. That shit did not age well. Yeah, it did not at all. Yeah, it um, it's 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 pretty bad when like your uh, your special effects look bad compared to like Star Wars. Yeah, it like start like Star Wars the original. If you look at it, like Star Wars had like better special effects than the original original Star Trek. And it's like, woof. Yeah. And that's like where that bit from Galaxy Quest comes in, where he talks about the sets being cardboard and the right. like shit being made out of fucking Christmas tree lights is like the original Star Trek series is. Yeah. This, this shit is bad. Dude. Yeah. Like sometimes it's like 
this new gun that the guy has, it's like, this was just like a lamp. And you chopped some shit off of it and then glued something to it and gave it some reflecties. Every planet is like a sandbox with like two ferns and like two fake rocks and then just like a wall that has a light shining on it that's supposed to look like sky. And it's like every single fucking planet. Anyway, as you know, the best parts of our podcast are always when we just go off on tangents. But, um... <laughs> So he also said, and this was all this was all like an interview with the showrunner who said all these things without going into into detail. Mm-hmm. He did say that the plot of the show, at least the first season, is going to be an event that is canonical to the original series that was referenced in the original series, but we never hmm. saw explored, and that Star Trek fans will recognize it immediately. I wonder what that is. I wonder if that it's the genocide. It could be. Remember that episode of the original season and, they, and like that guy showed up and uh, they caught him and it turned out that it was like that huge genocide of some space station and all the all the characters like remembered it and it was a huge deal. And then it was like never brought up again. That could be it. And if that is it, classic terminal transmissions, just fucking <laughs> coal in it. I, I just pulled that out of nowhere. But I remember as a kid being like, can we get back into that? Because it, it was it was such a big deal that like everyone on the ship like knew about it. Man, that would be cool. But yeah, so they said that like like fans will just immediately be like, oh, that thing. <laughs> tribbles. Um, this is the tribbles. Right. Uh, he also said that he wants to have more aliens than any of the other series. Yeah, which um, is really cool. Yeah, and he's kind of referenced that in every other series, there's like one clear alien character and then mm-hmm. like seven or eight people who are just humans with like a nose. Right. Like almost every alien in all of Star Trek is just like a human with like a forehead. Right, right. Like that's it. You just have a different forehead right. or a different ear and then you're an you alien. You have a crest. But uh, he said he definitely wants to diversify the different, like the number and the types of aliens that we see. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, and then they said as far as the aesthetic goes, which I thought this was really cool, is it's going to be like very 70s <laughs> with like a futuristic flair. Okay. Um, and when they were coming up with it, they studied old 70s James Bond inspired cars and like 70s sci-fi art. Whoa. Okay. All right. I'll buckle up. So I'm real fired up about it. There's been no casting yet. Uh, there's no um, like real trailer or anything like that. We got a little teaser like a month or so ago just showing the ship. Right. Like setting off. And that's pretty much all we have. Okay. Um, it is set to come out at the beginning of 2017. I'm I'm fired up, man. Yeah, because it's no, been absolutely. it's been like a million years since we got a good Star Trek. Series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was if you couldn't tell, I was a huge Star Trek fan as a kid. Uh, I loved Star Trek. I actually got into Star Trek um, before I even knew that there was a Star Wars movie. He's a big uh, he's a big Trekker. <laughs> yeah, yes. But then also equally a Starwood. Oh, <laughs> I definitely now I'm much more of a Star Wars guy, but I still love Star Trek. I I, I never felt the need to like polarize between the fandoms. I always thought that was really weird. Like, yeah. And I think that, I think the thing why, at least for people like you and I, the reason why we, as we aged, we gravitated more towards star Wars mm-hmm. is because unlike some people, we actually appreciate how incredible the expanded universe is. Right. Right. Because you know, people who don't like the expanded universe of star Wars are a villain, human waste. Right. Yeah. In absolutely. a friend way, like how you would say about a friend who has different opinions than you. <laughs> Anyway, so as you start reading all those book series yeah. from Star Wars, it you're really like, okay, this up. is better. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And it makes it so wonderful and so detailed. And there's all these incredible characters written by all of these different authors. But it all worked. It all worked really well together and, and somehow. Yeah. Because there was literally like 50 different authors that wrote those books. Yeah. And 
somehow it all felt cohesive for the most part. There were a couple weird ones. Yeah. I'm a fan of pretty much anything with star in the name. <laughs> Wars, Trek, Ringo was great. Um, Ringo was not great. <laughs> Ringo is objectively the worst Beatle, but you know what? He's got star in the name, so I'm jammed up. My favorite quote about that was at one point, uh, an interviewer asked, I think it was Paul McCartney, maybe it was one of the other ones, but I think it was McCartney, and they asked him, like, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? Do you think Ringo's the best drummer in the world? And he Ringo's laughed. not even as good a drummer as me. He said, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's so mean. So good. So true. So mean. Uh, so I wanted to uh, hop on over to some absolute 100% spun out of whole cloth rumors. Just so you guys know, we hop over and jump over to a lot of things in this podcast. It's, tr- <laughs> it's true. So we have talked about before, the uh, Danny and I have talked about how much we love the Netflix uh, Marvel shows, which are absolutely incredible. Yeah, you've heard us talk about it on probably like 40% of the episodes. <laughs> so... I found out today in the rumor mill, so it could just be totally made up, but there have supposedly been four secret pilots that have already been filmed. That for, makes me feel some type of way. <laughs> yeah, for additional uh, Netflix Marvel superhero shows that we haven't heard anything about. Yeah. So the rumor is that there's been four of them, and additionally that only one of them was, in this rumor, leaked, and it was White Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a big character of like Power Man, Luke Cage, the Defenders, and it would be absolutely... Oh, yeah, Luke Cage and White Tiger had a couple of smooches. Yeah, so it would be incredible to see to see that. Oh, my God. Also, White Tiger is a fucking badass. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, that uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. wasn't very good, but White Tiger was like MVP of life. Really? And if you're on a team with like Spider-Man, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage, and Nova... <laughs> and you're just like whipping everyone's butt. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. So yeah, she has a she has this like magical al- uh, amulet, and it allows her to use. I guess it's kind of like it's a uh, it's key. I guess so. It's kinda, it's kind of like a iron fist. Yeah. But she just gets like super strong, super fast, super tough, and then kind of like Black Panther, uh, she has a very strong feline. Uh, symbolism going on she has a cool theme but she uh she has claws and she's be fucking people up yeah when he said a strong feline theme he meant she wears a fucking tiger costume (laughs) for the the claws yeah with the claws for the for the boring around here he she wears a fucking tiger costume yeah so it would be another female superhero which would be rad because they did such a fantastic job with both electra and jessica jones yeah and electra really needs her own show honestly yeah, yeah absolutely but uh, yeah, and that's like, what's wild is they film these four pilots, and separately there's the rumors of a Blade series and a Moon Knight series, right? And that's not included, right? That's different from these four, right? These are four other ones that we have not even heard rumors of, right? What the fuck, Netflix slash Marvel slash Disney? Yeah, and then some people are fucking like, rain it in. Yeah, some people are theorizing that one of them might be Ghost Rider, although. They were speculating that that's probably not true because Ghost Rider supposedly is going to be. In. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah. The only reason I didn't say Moon Knight, Blade, and Ghost Rider is because Ghost Rider is confirmed going to be in the next season of Shield. Oh, it's confirmed. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I feel like they wouldn't double do down. That. Yeah. Um, just because Shield's such a hot pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to diversify. Yeah. Yeah, that keep, sucks though keep, because I feel like a, go- a Ghost Rider show 
on his own, if he got his own show on Netflix, it would be goddamn incredible because Ghost Rider is fantastic. Yeah. So we've already got two seasons of Daredevil. We got Luke Hitch coming out in like a month. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Iron Fist confirmed. We have uh, season one of Jessica Jones, season two confirmed. We got Defenders confirmed. Mm-hmm. We've got Punisher confirmed. We've already got like seven seasons of Marvel Netflix shows, not counting all this other shit. Yeah. And that, what's the other one that they're doing? The one about the agency? The the Marvel like uh, insurance agency? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's... Um, but that's not Netflix, which oh, is that, why... That's right, that's right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's like a CBS or some okay, shit. Okay, yeah, that's but it's right. But not, it's not insurance. It's construction people. That's right, that's right. Okay. Who they have to like rebuild after everyone fucks everything up. Right. And that's like the competitor to that DC show, <laughs> which is about the insurance agency. Right, 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 right. Okay, that's it. But yeah, so just straight specific Marvel Netflix, we already have like six or seven confirmed seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil season three is confirmed. I guess I, I didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, and that's not including Moon Knight, Blade, White Tiger, and these three other mystery pilots. That might just come down the pipe. That would be incredible. Like, what in the fuck, man? Yeah. But Mar- they- Marvel Netflix is now, like, bigger and better than the fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they're incredible. And if they just keep shitting out other shows... Because, honestly, at this point, I don't even care if they keep them all in, like, the New York scene of, super, of like, smaller-time superheroes. Yeah. Which is obviously the goal originally. Sure. Uh, and White Tiger would fit into that. Yeah. But it, they could just go wild with it and just be all over the place. And that would be incredible. And just be following these kind of other heroes that don't get nearly as much press. But they've done such a good job so far with all of their shows. I've loved all of the all of the Marvel Netflix. So, I mean, yeah, I'm strapped in. I hope this is real. White Tiger would be an incredible addition. Can we get something crazy like like an X-Force like series or like, no, I guess they wouldn't be able to do that because it's Fox, but like, Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what like real wild, like Marvel characters or like teams could get a series, but it wouldn't be like mega, mega, mega obscure. Hmm. Cause like even runaways? like, like, Ooh, yeah, runaways. Mm, damn. That would be rad. Yeah. That would be really good. Runaways could work really well too. As a Netflix series. Yeah. It really could. Yeah. Dang. Cause it honestly, it doesn't have too much. It wouldn't. It wouldn't require that that huge of a budget, right. except for that dinosaur. <laughs> and yeah. they could they could do it. They could do it well, but yeah, they might have an issue with the dinosaur. But everything else is pretty subdued. They could just no, nah, just fuck it. <laughs> Dump a dinosaur into yeah, the mix. Screw it. Go for it. Yeah, I would. I would actually love a runaway show. Runaways is such a fantastic comic. It really is great. That oh. would be really cool. Yeah, having a super scroll on the team, everybody. OP. Yeah, OP. You just have a dude who has like tactical genius that was raised from day one to be like a space warlord. And he also has all of the powers of the Fantastic Four. And And he can shapeshift. And can shapeshift. And he can use all of those powers simultaneously. Fuck off. Well, he can stretch fire, invisible rock all at the same time. Yeah. Force field. Really, Super Scrolls are like. OP as fuck. The fact that they don't win every time is kind of just the, <laughs> the, it's the power of plot. Yeah. Really. Yeah, because you see like the Fantastic Four just beat the piss out of people like, yeah. constantly. It's Deus Ex shitty movie. <laughs> this is what it is. Now, the question is, was that a reference to Ex Machina being shitty or Fantastic Four movies being shitty? Both. You mixed them. I like it. Always double down. But yeah, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see I'd like to see it. I would like to see uh it would be really cool to see Luke Cage partying with White Tiger. And then Jessica Jones thrown in the mix and having some love triangle. I'd be into it. 
So I was glapping on over to science uh, because I don't know if you guys know this, but science rules. Um, I wanted to talk about a recent. Um, it's not really a true discovery, but just some kind of like space mystery that cropped up uh, in astronomy in the in in the recent past. Uh, scientists discovered a mysterious object uh, out past Neptune, out there in the nonsense zone, out there in the upgraded, downgraded from planet to not planet, back and forth for like years and years zone. And also, like, there's all kinds of mysterious extra planets, like Planet X and Planet Nine and shit, just floating around out there. But anyway, the thing that makes this object cool, um, which uh, it's nicknamed Niku, which is actually the Chinese word for rebellious, uh. which is appropriate. So first and foremost, it's on a and it's on a different plane of um, orbit than every other object in the solar system, which isn't a thing. It's not impossible, but like every single planet is all on the same plane. Mm-hmm. And so this one is like cattywampus. <laughs> um, the first article that I read said it was basically perpendicular, but that's not really true. It's like a 110 degree angle. So it's like diagonally off. Uh, which is weird enough. Right. Uh, are you still just laughing? <laughs> cattywampus <laughs> fucking slayed me. Um, but it's also sp- spinning backwards. It's <laughs> rotating around the sun the opposite direction of every other object. So rebellious. So, yeah, yeah, very rebellious. Um, uh, astronomers really have no idea what could cause it. I mean, mm-hmm. it almost seems that it would have to be something slammed into it. Okay. But like, to fuck it up that bad <laughs> and, not just, and not just disintegrate it. Right. Um, but it's actually uh, a group of objects, uh, smaller objects around it. Okay. Um, so it is one big object and then a little cluster. And apparently it's not far enough out that they, they originally like postulated that maybe planet nine had done this mm-hmm. like mystery planet out there. Um, but it's actually not far enough out oh. for that to have been the case. Okay. So now they're just like, well, we don't know shit about our solar system. Big surprise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's really cool. I always like it when uh, astronomers specifically find new things that they're just like, what? We don't know shit about anything. You know what I mean? Because we're like constantly getting these studies being like, a new study shows that no aliens could possibly exist ever because of the reason. And I'm like, well, fuck. You know what I mean? Like our solar system is so goddamn old. Mm-hmm. That like no other solar systems could even be close to having life. And I'm like, shit, don't tell me that. Right, right. But then we're constantly like, Oh, there's this mystery object ro- rotating the opposite direction of the rest of the solar system. And like, oh, there's this star that we found with like inexplicable alien structure potentially built around it. And like, oh, Prox- Proxima Centauri might have an Earth planet in it. That's awesome. So I love it. Yeah, yeah. Whenever astronomy is like, what? I'm yeah. like, let me, get, let me get a taste. Maybe we don't know anything about Tip of the tongue, anything. teeth, and lips. <laughs> I just, I fucking like the nonsense zone. It was a good, it was a good, good line. It's the nonsense zone. It's like out there it. with all kinds of like, we thought we saw a blur, so there must be a planet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Basically everything beyond Neptune is just a mystery. Right. Like Pluto. It's true. It's just a ball floating out there. It's, right. not, it's just an orb. Right. Yeah. There's all kinds of, honestly, there's all kinds of suspected like dwarf planets and shit like beyond Neptune that. I just aren't classified and aren't. It's so dark out there that we can't see shit. Right. So crazy. So, so and that's wild. within our own fucking solar system. Yeah. There's no man's sky out here. Every single solar system in the in the in the universe has. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. It's very, very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I wish that we could like send something down there. 
But I get it. Space, Send some down there. The space is big. How long you boys been mounted on sheep down there? <laughs> That's a true grit reference. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to talk about science and technology. Uh, so I found this watch. It's a smart watch called a Tick Watch Two. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this entire segment with I hate the name. Yeah, the name is real tacky. Yeah, I get. I, <laughs> like I get it. Like Tick Watch, like Tick like watches Tick. I get that. But tick, also tick tack, you're right. <laughs> but there's also like an insect that is known as a tick that I've heard about a couple times. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I also twitches. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't like it. Twitch streams. Can you can play on it? Yeah. So anyway, but it, the watch. Don't let the 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 name fool you. This is the second one that they thought the name was good enough that they just rolled with it. Right, like time. Superbrand too. <laughs> so, I, although I wasn't able to find anything on the on the the first Twitch watch, tick watch, but <laughs> whoops, but uh, I, I didn't look for very long. But apparently, there was a first one, unless it was like a Star War. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just episode four. Yeah, this is just Tick Watch Four. We're gonna come out with the first one later. Oh, it's maybe like an Xbox. Like this is the Xbox One now. Oh God damn. Um. So anyway, it's on Kickstarter right now, and it has, I think, nine more days. It ends on August 25th. So by the time this comes out, it'll have like three more days. But um, it has already raised $1.3 million of its goal of $50,000. <laughs> get you a paper stack. Yeah. So anyway. Some ducats. Getting, getting into the watch, though, first and foremost, it looks super mega badass. It looks super badass. Yeah. There's like four. I think there's four different models of it, and they all look really different and really cool. I don't give a fuck about watches. I don't give a fuck about smart. And I definitely don't give a fuck about smart watches, but it they do look fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, so they're a direct competitor with the the Apple Watch and, and like a Fitbit. They can do all the things like tracking heart rate and tracking steps, etc. But they also have this thing has a ton of other features like it has gestures, it has voice commands. You can just like if it's too bright and you're like in a movie theater or something, you can just like palm over it with your entire hand for like one second. Turn off. It'll it'll just like dim the display. And all sorts of stuff like if you get a phone call, you can like shake your wrist twice and they'll answer it and then you shake your wrist twice again and it'll hang up. Um, so you just shake your wrist four times. <laughs> yeah. It's 2016. Yep. And it has, it has functionality with both iPhone and Android. In addition to that, it already is compatible with like a fuckload of apps, yeah. but also it is like an open source it has its own apps. Yeah. So yeah, it has its own OS. So you can just develop your own apps for it. If you're, if you're a brainiac, uh, if you, if you went and got the super brain too, you can just go ahead Plug and do it in. Oh yeah. But yeah, they have, uh, four, four different ones. They're called snow, charcoal, oak, and onyx. Uh, the onyx one has like a goddamn future tech, like mounting, uh, charge station, which look like, looks like the coolest thing that's ever yeah, happened. It's, Go look at the damn Kickstarter, you fucks. <laughs> yeah, but it also has like a its own charging station. Like you don't you don't plug it in. You set it on like right. a pad. You set it and forget it. Yeah, but yeah, I will say that I, I fucking hate the name. I think they could have just future watch. Yeah, smarter watch, smart water watch. This is a genius watch. Yeah, just anything would have been better than like tick watch. Fuck off. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, tick watch two secret of the tick. <laughs> So let's warp on over to video games. Topical. Um, (laughs) 
we're not going to do what you all think we're going to do and just talk about No Man's Sky again. Conversely, we are going to talk about No Man's Sky. <laughs> the whole time. Only. So No Man's um, Sky came out. We talked about it last week. If yeah. If you were here for that. It, it came out right after we recorded that podcast. So it's yep. been basically one week since mm-hmm. we started No Man's Sky. Um, it is... At the same time, it both does not live up to the hype and exceeds my expectations mm-hmm. in some in some regards. So I just want to start by saying, don't consider this a review. It's more of an opinion piece because Garrett and I both have terrible opinions compared to the rest of society. Right, right. Like, we both like Deep Space Nine. We both hated it. Well, didn't hate, but we both disliked Ex Machina and mm-hmm. Fury Road. Oh, and uh, what was that train? Snowpiercer. Yeah, and Snowpiercer, and we both like Suicide Squad. So take this with a grain of salt, space salt, preferably, <laughs> and just keep in mind that this is what we think about it, and the game is honestly pretty good. So where do you want to start? Like how it turned out, what we think is cool, what we don't like about it, because I'll just Let's, go straight into complaining. Uh, <laughs> you we, know me. We can go over what's what's cool first. So the game is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super immersive in that it's very... It's a casual game while also not being a casual game. Right. Like it's very relaxing to play, Mm -hmm. but you're actually like challenged in some regards. Yeah. And a lot of those regards are with the game design. (laughs) Um, It definitely delivers on the promise of a shitload of planets and a giant massive space. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to call it a galaxy because it's good, but it's both a galaxy and a universe in some ways. Um, But it honestly, the the scale doesn't hit you. Right, right. For some reason, and I guess from a game design standpoint, I can see why. And Garrett and I have talked about this. Every single planet or moon in the entire game mm-hmm. is inhabited by fully sentient, technologically advanced races. In fact, they are all more technically, logically advanced than the main character of the game. Right. And you're constantly going to them for new technology throughout mm-hmm. the entire game. Why? Yeah. It makes the game feel incredibly small. Yeah. I, so I, I would say that that's my biggest qualm with the game. So it's awesome. I, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with, I don't want this to come off like I'm just bitching about the game because I'm really enjoying the game. I'm still playing the game. Yeah. It's been a week and we haven't stopped. Yeah. It's very addicting. I, I will say that my favorite aspect of the game, I, I, before I complain too much, I want to, I want to say like, I, I really enjoy the game. I do think it's gorgeous, but it's also like Danny said, like it's, it's super relaxing and it's, it's kind of mindless in some ways. And then in some ways it's not, uh, what I've found the best, best way for me to do is I recently, uh, have taken to <laughs> listening to audiobooks. And it's perfect for that because you can just listen to an audiobook because a lot of it is just flying around looking for stuff. So yeah. you're kind of on autopilot anyway. And you can just veg out on a book and get your reading in while you're also glipping around the galaxy. And it's fucking dope. It's glip and slap. I was taking a flap. <laughs> so That's what I call my ship. Uh, but I will say that my my biggest qualm with the game is exactly what Danny was also just talking about is that there's aliens fucking everywhere every goddamn place yeah so i was i was telling danny this morning that i played eve online for a very 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 short time when it very first came out i'm talking first month it ever came out i played it for like the first two weeks and i actually even though it's not nearly as huge of a game i mean it's still a big fucking game um eve is not nearly as big as no man's sky by by any stretch of the imagination but i actually felt like eve was bigger because 
there were entire systems, tons of systems that you could you could warp to, that there was just absolutely fuck all there. You would fly in, you'd zip in, and there's not space stations. There's planets, but they they aren't necessarily you know habitable. Although in Eve, it didn't really matter because it's not like you can fly down anyway. Right. Uh but you know, there were places that you went in Eve that. There's just nothing fucking there. There's no NPCs. There's nothing. And sometimes you'd go on stretches of like 10 or 15 warps to different space uh, sectors and uh, space systems. And all of them were like this. And it was just like, Jesus, it really felt like getting lost in space a little bit. Even though you have a galactic map and you, and you can make your way back. There was right, a sense right. of like, oh, fuck, I'm actually in the middle of nowhere. And unfortunately, I have never once ever felt like this in no man's sky yeah ever because every fucking where you go oh there's a space station right there and if you actually go to a planet it's yeah it's procedural fine but if you just fly along you see like oh there's a little colony thing there that i can land at and do trading piece of candy Oh, a piece of candy. Oh, a piece of candy. <laughs> yeah. Like every 10 seconds, there's like a beacon or like yeah. some technology or a crash ship or like a full colony or like a factory. Yeah. yeah. It's like, honestly, there's like every system has like at least two planets. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen one with less than two. Right. Some of them have like five or six and some moons. Mm-hmm. And every single star system in the game has a space station. Yeah. There's like hundreds, maybe like 500 fully adult sentient technologically advanced aliens in every single system in the entire galaxy. Yeah. On every single planet. It's not even like, okay, you can go to this planet and it's full, but if you bop over to its moon, it's empty. No, that's not true. Yeah. If you just literally, it, it feels like it's cheapened yeah. because, because it doesn't help because they all look identical. Yeah. It honestly feels like here's a crutch. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you get on a planet does. and you fly in a straight line long enough and like, oh, here's a building. Here's yeah. a crutch. We, we yeah. You couldn't go 10 feet without like finding some shit. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And like, so like Danny said it today that, and I loved it, what you said, like, I feel like we got Molyneux. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I feel like that is absolutely. You want to explain that reference to anyone? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't think about that. Um, so Peter I Mol- mean, at least one of the four people who listen will get it. <laughs> So Peter Molyneux, it, who is a fantastic uh, game maker, was game, he's not doing it anymore. I mean, I guess te- technically he still is. When is it? When, oh, is, when okay. did his last game come out? And yeah, when did his last good true. game come out? But yeah, so he made Fable. He was he was the originator of Fable, and uh, before Fable came out, he made a fuckload of promises about what Fable was going to be all about. And I'm talking like. Even up to and including like five or six months before Fable came out, he was he was making these huge promises, and then Fable came out, and, and it, it was like basically had nothing that he said. Yeah, it pretty much was just like a very straight up. It was pretty, and it had a couple cool components mm-hmm. that other games didn't have, but it was pretty much just your basic run of the mill like hack and slash RPG. Yeah, yeah, and it was supposed to be like this is going to be completely open world, etc. You're going like, to like craft the whole, you're going to shape the whole like land. And yeah. Like yeah. choices that you make in the past are going to like, de- like change the whole yeah. future of the cities and the towns. And like, yeah, you could get fat and get a facial scar, mm-hmm. but that was like it. Right. Yeah. You couldn't actually affect anything. I, I remember specifically in one of the magazines that I'd read, maybe it was PC gamer or another one of the gaming magazines. But, uh, one of the things that it said specifically from Molyneux was like, for instance, 
in your childhood because you age in the game. And so it was like, in, in, for instance, in your childhood, you could like eat an apple and you could drop it into a field. That's just like a, a big ass field. And then come back when you're an adult and there'd be an apple orchard there. Guess how much that was not in the game. A hundred percent was not in the game. Yeah. So anyway, so Danny said like we got Molyneux and I was like, that's absolutely 100% the case because the entire thing that, that hello games had been saying for the last two years was that like, this was a game. This was going to be a game about like exploration where like it was going to feel like no one's ever been before. And while that's true that like other players mostly haven't, it's absolutely like that doesn't matter because there's still NPCs there and it, like they're everywhere. I'd like to also uh, uh, chime in with Garrett was in a system with another player within like three days of the game launching at yep. the same time. Yep. Just, uh, just thought I'd interject. Yeah, yeah. So that was another thing that they said that like, and we talked about it last week on the podcast that they'd been talking this whole time about how there was going to be like pretty much almost no chance, like point oh 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 one percent chance of ever even like running into another system that like a player had had been to. So I bop into the system like second or third day of playing, and it says that I discovered it, which wasn't new because. That's what had happened in every other system that I'd been in. And I went to the space station because usually I do that first just to go do do that little thing. And uh, I bop out. And even though I had I'd been there for all of four minutes, five minutes, and uh, and it it said that I I had found the space station or found the system. And then I look over and I, I look at a planet. I launch my ship out of the space station and I look at this planet and it's like this planet like discovered by so and so cream teeth. Yeah. Dick tears. And I was like, wait, what? And I, I literally thought it was like a bug for a second. And I even like pulled out, I, I hit start and checked and it was like, you found this system. And I was like, this was literally like four minutes ago. And then I look over and the other planets say like undiscovered. So just for funsies, I flew down to the, that first planet. And I guess in that intervening time, he, he bopped off that planet and went and like just hit all the other planets. There were like three planets in the system. So he bopped out and hit the other two. And so they said undiscovered and I flew out and then I looked over and like they, they were both hit. Jesus. And so I followed, I'm not going to try to get into too many spoilers, but I tried to follow the, the next point on the, uh, the Atlas path. And he was there already. He was in the next system. So it actually put us on the exact same path. And so, but he hadn't fucked around. He had like, gotten straight into that system and I guess just launched straight out of it again because it said like he discovered it, but none of the planets were hit. And so I jumped to the next one that it tells me to go to and he's been there. And then I jumped to the next one. He's been there. And then I jumped to the next one. It was at the Atlas pass or at the Atlas um, space station. And then from there we diverged. And so from there he didn't, but yeah, like I, fully, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know it was like five systems in a row. Yeah. So yeah, it's impossible to ever be in another system with another player unless you are my roommate and it's the third day the game's been out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty pretty wild. Someone online said like I was reading about it uh and someone said because I knew that I knew that like it is really hard to tell computers to be actually random. Like that's not something that you can actually like, tell a computer to do. Mm-hmm. And so ra- randomization is actually incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um but there's ways of doing it well. And some people said, like, they probably just didn't. They probably thought that, like, it would be fine. It would the, the sheer numbers would do it. But, like, it probably wasn't. 
And so that like their randomization, like algorithm probably actually wasn't that good. Well, and that was kind of something that I had mentioned to, I think it was maybe to James Mm -hmm. when those first two players met, um, uh, which was like the day the game came out or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I said, what it probably is, is there's probably an algorithm running saying, okay, I got to get this player to the center of the galaxy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the best route for that is this this system to this system to this system. So if someone else even gets close to that... Right, it's going to put them on the same path. Yeah, just because it's the shortest, easiest distance. Right. Um, so that's probably... That's what I'm thinking. And then that actually, your experience kind mm-hmm. of sort of like... Corroborates that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. And uh, But I'm glad that it diverged because if, if we were just on the absolute same fucking path, I would have like given up. I would have actually been like peeved. Yeah. Pro- uh, probably what happened was one of you like started following a different path. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, literally like switch to a different, like uh, quest. Right. Or maybe even hit like a black hole. Yeah. It would have had to have been him because I, I just kept going on the same path. Um, so yeah, I fur- further going along in that, in this, in this vein. Um, so I played a little game a few years back that you and I both liked. That was a, a kind of a polarizing game that a lot of people liked. A lot of people hated, a lot of people made fun of it in Spore. And, uh, Spore off chain. Yeah, yeah, Spore is incredible. And Spore was also a game that had a fuckload of like procedural generated mm-hmm. content. And, uh, it had some of the, the most diverse and, uh, open ended design programs ever in a game. From, uh, character design, you could build a species from ground up, but you could also build buildings you could build spaceships you could build all sorts of stuff and it generated that other people's content would randomly show up into your games and uh but i also think like some random random ones happened because there was some wonky shit or some people just put some wonky shit together anyway but the deal was when you got to the space phase it would just random randomly put these these npcs in your game right but again although it wasn't nearly as big as no man's sky the, the like the universe in the space phase, it was fucking, I think it was, I think it was basically infinite. Like, I don't think it ever ended. I think if you just kept going, it would just keep going. In a lot of ways, No Man's Sky is a worse Spore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Spore came out like a decade ago. Yeah. Um, I think it actually came out like maybe Oh six or Oh seven. And, uh, yeah. Like, so when you, when you went into space in Spore, first and foremost, there were, there were space systems that had nothing that were absolutely empty and barren. But there were some that did have NPCs, but they would have these randomly generated societies, these these species there that would take over like certain space systems like and colonize uh, several of them usually. Mm-hmm. But each one was like random. And so it would have different things like some would be ultra religious, but they would be like peaceful religious. But some some of them would be ultra mega religious, like violent zealot religious. Some weren't religious at all and they just cared about money. Some were not religious at all and they just cared about like not fucking up resources and not fucking planets up and just building planets up. So anyway, there were tons of them so much so that you had to really be good at like reading into what these uh, societies wanted and needed from you. And you had to mind your P's and Q's and sometimes like doing one thing would be, make you better friends with one, but piss off another. That was fucking awesome. And when I, when I had read months ago that there would be uh, NPCs and there would be uh, stuff like that within No Man's Sky, I thought that that's how it was going to be because that just fucking makes sense. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's not like that. There are three species and it's just random, whichever one is in each system. 
which doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's not even like they carved up the universe. Yeah, you'll like, go to like you'll go to like one system and then the next system and it's like one species and then you go to the next one and it's the other one. There's not even like paths. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like again in spore, you know, sometimes one would have like 17 or 18 systems, yeah. one would have two. And you would like see their personal like trade routes sure. on your map. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just googled it just cuz I was curious. Mm-hmm. There are 500,000 stars in spore. Okay. Um with uh, approximately 2 million planets in your galaxy on average okay. and 4 billion uh, planet combinations that the game can generate. Wow. And you, you would never, ever, ever, ever in a million years be able to explore all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I played it for a long fucking time and I thought that it was infinite because I never, I never got to like the end because it was just goddamn huge. Yeah. But, so when you, when you, when you look at that galaxy at the opening screen and you pick your planet, mm-hmm. that's actually like real. Oh, what? That's the actual model. Oh, Just Jesus zoomed out. Christ. Yeah. I didn't know that. So wherever you pick your planet, when it's give, it gives you like five or six options, that's actually where you start in the galaxy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I would say that I'm really bummed out. And it, it's cool. No Man's Sky, it's cool. Like, you get to learn the language of these, these species. And while that's really cool, again, they could have just done that. And they could have just randomly populated it when they when they ran the algorithm to make the thing, yep. they could have just randomly populated it with an almost infinite number of different alien species and given each one of those their own language and you would have to stick in their uh, like region and learn their language and you could get really good at that. That sounds fucking awesome yeah. to me. And then even then, like you could even get really into cool linguistics where you could actually get into like... Um, like a common language that's like used for trade in this area. So like the, these five or six different empires might use the same common, uh, like currency language. Right. What is that called? Trade language. Um, anyway, I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, that would have been fucking cool. So I, I really think they dropped the ball on that. And like, I get it that you wanted to make these three cool in depth cultures, but it just makes the universe feel so goddamn small. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know, your mileage may vary on this, but like, honestly, a lot of the ships that I see are just like the same goddamn ones yeah. over and over. Whereas it's like, these are supposed to be procedurally generated. I should just be seeing nothing but like new ships. But really, it's just like seven different pieces Yeah, in like a few combinations. Yeah. And, and a lot of time, it's literally just the exact same ones. I thought it would get better after yeah. I'd been like through the, like a lot of the galaxy. I've traveled fucking far as shit. And like it's still like the same ones that I was seeing in the very beginning. Yeah, it's uh, you get Grand Theft Auto a lot. Yeah, in that you'll go on a space station and you'll see within like a five minute period you'll see like seven of like basically the exact same shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, I I feel like there definitely doesn't need to be as many goddamn settlements on planets. Uh, I don't think that there should be a space station in every single system. I think that there should absolutely be more than three fucking races. Um. Oh, another thing. So I'll I'll stop comparing everything to Spore at this point. Um, I want to compare it to a game that's not even fucking finished, but fucking Starbound. In some ways, Starbound... Starbound is finished. Is it finished It came out like a month ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I thought it was still in in Alpha or Beta. Um, But honestly, Starbound is like infinitely cooler than No Man's Sky. It's just not 3D. And it's not on PS4. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of funny because... While Starbound is way, way dialed back in the graphics department and it's much more simplistic in some ways, in some ways it's way more yeah. 
complex than No Man's Sky is. And honestly, a lot of time I was like, this is all just shit that I was doing in Starbound like forever ago. And like Starbound actually had like more options. Yeah. No Man's Sky is like a prettier dumbed down version of Spore and Starbound. Yeah. Pretty much if you slam the two together. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But take out a ton of the cool stuff. Yeah. So what frustrated me the most, and I want to highlight one aspect of uh, Starbound that I absolutely loved was so... Danny and I played the shit out of Starbound. Uh, what, two years ago? Three yeah, years ago? something like that. And um, one of the coolest things that happened was I played the shit out of it. I played literally like 40 hours of it in a week. Like some crazy shit like mm-hmm. that. I hit like I, th- I hit like 35 or 40 hours playtime in one week. And uh, I played a lot. And you were like talking to me about some like ability upgrades, like suit upgrades that you had. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, we had like completely different experiences pretty much. Yeah. And like, and that was in like pre alpha pretty much. Yeah. It was like the, oh, an early, 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 early test build of the game and of a, a much more simplistic game. And we had completely different experiences. And I feel like honestly, as much as like it was touted in no man's sky, that like everyone's going to have their own experience and everything's going to be unique. I absolutely don't feel like that's the case. Like, I feel like everyone pretty much has, like, pretty much the same experience. Yeah, it seems like pretty goddamn almost exactly the same. Yeah. The biggest qualm for me, though, specifically, is the multi-tool. The multi-tool upgrades being, like, so goddamn linear and building on each other that, like, that actually, like, annoys the fuck out of me. Because it makes me feel like I'm just checking shit off a checklist. Yeah, this is going to sound real shitty, but I kind of want to start a new game of Starbound now. Yeah, I, I actually was thinking about starting a new one uh, a while back. I'll probably wait until it's on PS4. But yeah, I it's it's just it's kind of nuts because yeah, it's like you keep getting these multi tool uh, upgrades, but they're just like the same ones over and over again. They just get better, and it's it's actually like frustrating. It's like oh, this is a gun. Okay, well now you can make your gun shoot harder, and it's it's literally the same one, but it's like. It's Taw now. Okay, it's Theta now. It's Sigma now. Right. And it's like, it's just the same ones. So again, that makes me just feel like I'm checking checking shit off like a checklist. Yeah. I like At this point, it just makes me feel like any other game where it's like you have to play it in a completionist mindset. It's like versus Starbound, which didn't feel like that at all. I would just get shit I didn't even know fucking existed. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours into the game, and I would find something and be like, "What the fuck is this? I can just turn into a morphing ball now, like this is fucking Metroid height." Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that was in the game. I never even got it. You got some like butterfly power. You could just fly off into fucking France, and like I never fucking got that. I played that game religiously for like a while. I never once got that power, and like I'm not even mad that I didn't get it. That's cool to me that like our games were so divergent that. I got weapons that you didn't. You got weapons I didn't. It felt like there was just limitless possibilities because I never knew what the limits were. Whereas in No Man's Sky, I feel like I absolutely do. Right. I feel like I already have seen like every single uh, multi-tool upgrade that there is. I just might have not leveled it up yet. I can't even tell you the last time that I got a new one. A new one that isn't isn't a repeat, a right. duplicate. I all I get now are duplicates because I have all of them. I think I think the only ones that I don't have like the even like not Omega level because I only have one Omega, but like Sigma uh, at this point are like the hyperdrives. Yeah, and what's funny about it is so I have Theta and Tall. Yes, 
Uh, I don't have the Sigma recipe, uh-huh. but I just bought a fucking ship that already had a Sigma warp drive in it. Oh, Jesus. So I just have all three. That's crazy. And I just put them in so they have the uh, synergy bonus, and I'm just jumping like fucking 600 light years a jump. That's awesome. Yeah, and again, like we came in real negative on this, and I kind of knew we would mm-hmm. because it's almost just like venting. Yeah. The game also is buggy as fuck. Oh, um, I've had a ton of crashes. Yeah, pretty much everyone that I know has had a ton of crashes. Also, weird ass gameplay bugs. Mm-hmm. None of them like game breaking so far. Knock on wood. I physically actually knocked on wood, um, but it just didn't deliver what it what it promised. Yeah. It really, it really fabled us. Yeah, and I would say even above and beyond that, I think. <laughs> There's just some really fucking dumb choices that they made. Uh, like, setting waypoints. Oh, you can't set waypoints. There's some mechanical and UI choices that are yeah. fucking, like, infantile, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so you can't set waypoints. There are things called waypoints in the game. They're, they're just spots that you find that you can save. Because, by the way, it's it's two, 2016, and you have to fucking save your game at, like, physical spots. Yep. Which is just bonkers to me, because it makes me feel like I'm in fucking Resident Evil 1. But, um... You find an ink ribbon? Yeah. You got an ink ribbon over there? But uh, I would say the, the most baffling thing to me in the entire game is that you can't just set a waypoint wherever the fuck you want. Even if you can only set one. Like, so, for instance, you could find a, a something that you want to come back to. You can't just set it. You ha- There has to be a building there, which luckily buildings are fucking everywhere. Uh, and you can, like... They don't tell you you can do this, but you can like zoom in on the building and it'll actually paint it for you and it'll actually like set a marker. Mm-hmm. But you can't just drop a fucking waypoint. Case in point, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a prime example. So I found you can just find broken down. G- Gare got screwed is what's going to oh, be yeah. the end of the story. Oh yeah, spoiler alert. So I found this way better ship, uh, just in the middle of fucking nowhere on this planet, not anywhere close to civilization on this planet that I could find. It probably was. I just probably couldn't see it because your scanner doesn't show you cool shit like that, um, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. But anyway, um, so I find this ship and I you have to repair all pieces that are broken to the ship before you can take off. And I didn't have any zinc and there was no zinc to be had on this planet. I ran like everywhere around this planet. I ran like 10 minutes in like every direction. I spent way too much time trying to get the ship. Finally, I get back to the ship and I fucking did some crazy shit. I like launched my ship and I flew in a straight line, an absolute fucking straight line. I hate this story. Having experienced it, it's so hard to listen to. It's like, makes me feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So I flew in an absolute straight line. I didn't touch my controller at all. And so I, I saw a fucking, um, like spot that I could buy stuff from like a one, the, a place that had a, a landing pad. So I land on, I land making sure not to land on the landing pad. I just landed so that it was still in a straight line. I went in and bought, I bought this ink. I come back out. I fucking like mathed out, like sat down and was like, okay, I, I flew for approximately this long. And like, this is where this is the exact angle I flew at. I managed to get back to the fucking place and the game had removed that ship from the spot. But it was so crazy. It's like it took all of this effort. It took me like an hour to do this, to find this fucking spot. And it's like, why the fuck can't I just set a waypoint? Yeah. And should just, just be able to drop a thing. Yeah. And then just fly anywhere I want and then fly right back to the waypoint. Because waypoints are in the game. They just don't do what you think they do. And then like things like if you die, your your corpse pops up on, on your like it'll paint that for you. So the the 
the design is in there. You, they just haven't put the functionality of like press save, go set waypoint. Here's a waypoint. They and I'm like, Why? I feel like No Man's Sky is one of those games that you're gonna want to play in August 2017. Yeah, like once it's had like a year worth of patches, it's gonna be like the best fucking game ever. Yeah. But for right now, it's lacking. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that they need to add quite a few things. And again, I don't want to beat it up on the game. And if you haven't played it yet, don't take this as we're like shit talking the game and like you don't want you don't want to play it uh i think the game is great i just don't think that it lives up to what they have promised and i think that it could be tremendously better i think it has a fuckload of potential though and yeah i think with some patches i think it's going to be a fantastic game can you imagine what the game would have been like if it came out a year ago when it was supposed to <laughs> would have been a fucking nightmare yeah real so moving on over to film uh, move, get move, movie, movies. Uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to touch on another shared universe that we've uh, we've got. So we've talked about Marvel, we've talked about DC, we've talked about Transformers, we've talked about Godzilla, and we talked about Universal Monsters. We are also getting a Nickelodeon shared universe movie. Which strangely, is wild as fuck. Wild as fuck. Um, so there's not a lot of information out about it yet. It is supposed to be. The rumor is that it's going to be sort of like a Space Jam type mm. of type of deal. Okay. Um, where it's going to be like live action mixed with with cartoons, but it is going to be like '90s, late '90s, well, early to late '90s, and even some early 2000s because I think SpongeBob didn't start until like '99 yeah, or late 2000 or something like that. Um, but it is a shared universe cartoon movie with Nickelodeon. So Rugrats, Doug, fucking yeah, all real monsters, Ren and Stimpsk. Yeah, it's just going to be a whole slew. It's so funny though because to me, like that's just a movie for like our age group. And I mean, then that makes sense because a lot of stuff that we get these days is just like basically masturbatory for 90s kids. Yeah, that's true. Like we get a ton of shit these days. It's very obviously just here. This is for the 90s kids. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah. I, it was just funny like seeing it because I thought it was going to be old stuff and new stuff. Like I thought it was going to be some shit that I didn't know anything about. No. From, from Disney. I, not Disney. Uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nickelodeon, but I, I I looked and the picture that they showed, and I was like, I know what every one of these things is. Yeah, this is all from like some of it's right there at the tail end, like Angry Beavers. Yeah, that was like right there at the tail end uh, of my like childhood. <laughs> Garrett's, Garrett's telling me right now that he didn't watch cartoons as long as I did. <laughs> I was all I was balls deep in Angry Beavers and PB and J Otter. You That's can't true. say that. <laughs> you definitely can't. I was jumping over some motherfucking Digimon. I mean, I watched that too. Uh, yeah, no, you just yeah. you just weren't spread thin enough. Yeah, because yeah. you were too busy like doing regular teenager shit. Also, <laughs> I was yeah. like, let me just stay at home for life. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I'll trade Pokemon cards at school in high school. Say I won't. <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's a really cool idea, and I love. And we we keep talking about this. Yeah, like we've talked about a shitload of shared universes in the seventeen episodes that we've been doing this, and uh, it's so cool that so many things now. I feel like that's all just Marvel. Yeah, it definitely is. And honestly, like even if none of them deliver, mm-hmm. because so far Marvel's the only one that's truly delivered. Right. Because DC is really struggling. Mm-hmm. They're like, we have to make this exactly like Marvel. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Bruce Wayne, just Tony Stark around into all the other movies, like getting mm-hmm. people together. And like, honestly, like there was no, not even a reason for Suicide Squad to be in it. Right, right. There was absolutely no reason for them to just like, b- fucking Ben Affleck Batman is in the movie for 10 seconds. 
There was right. no reason for them it to do that. It didn't need like the crossover it was, for the it continuity. It was completely unnecessary. Right. They really only just did it to be like, they're in the universe too. And I read a thing today that said that the, the Shazam movie is going to be in the DCU, but like not. <laughs> like it's going to be, I'm, I'm serious. Really? Yeah. It's going to be, it, it is technically in the same universe. But they're like separating it but, a little but bit. But like you're not going to see a crossover. They're just doing it so that, that their have... universe is bigger. But really? anyway, yeah. Anyway, back to Nintendo. Do you think that that's could strengthen it? Do you think that that would be like a boon for the Captain Marvel? I don't give a fuck. It's not Captain Marvel. They can't call it that oh, okay, anymore. Sorry. She's, uh, oh I'm, yeah, I, that might get confusing. It's a it's a fucking. They legally can't call him that anymore. What? His canon name now is Shazam. Really? Did you not know this? No. Yeah, this has been a few years now. What? Yeah, yeah. They I, thought, actually, I thought that they could just they could flip. It actually finally became like a thing. What? Yeah. The, he his canon name now is Shazam, not Captain Marvel. <laughs> Anyhow, I would go. It's a Shazam movie. I'm a huge Shazam fan, <laughs> and too. it's The Rock. I would go see that if yeah. I was a cold corpse. <laughs> like I would zombie up out of somebody, the dirt. Somebody wheel me down there, like yeah. I'm burning. Fucking pluck pluck the maggots out of my eyeballs. <laughs> Jesus. That was a weekend at reference, not a presidential candidate reference, in case you guys were confused. Former, former presidential candidate. Anywho, uh, but yeah, I, I I think the Nickelodeon movie could be cool. Uh, they did announce that it's being helmed by Jared Hess, who made Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre, and one Jared. of, honestly, mine and Garrett's favorite movies ever, Gentleman Broncos. Gentleman Broncos, I've loved since it first came out. I got Garrett to watch it the first time he wasn't prepared. I should have set it up for you differently. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I should have been like, this movie is emotionally disturbing. (laughs) It's fucking like basically a PG-13 version of The Cell, Um, which I didn't sell it to him as that. I was like, watch this movie. It's good. But then he's absolutely true. That movie needs like a disclaimer. Yeah. You need to go into it knowing like free your mind before you watch this. Like there is no spoon when you watch this movie because it's fucked. Yeah. But he watched it and didn't like it. And I was like, no, I don't accept this. All right. I, you have to watch the movie again. It's real. And he did. And he, with more of an open mind and understanding that the movie is fucking asinine, he loved it. Yeah. Um, and we have a few other friends who actually love it. So we quote it all the time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's probably, honestly, of our group of friends, it's probably the most quoted movie. It's up there. It's, yeah. it's arguably the most quoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a fucking hilarious movie. But yeah, that, so that guy is mm-hmm. doing the... Uh, the, the Nickelodeon shared universe movie, which is I'm, this kind of scary to me. Although to be fair, some of those Nickelodeon, like especially like Ren and Stimpy, Ren and Stimp. uh, yeah, that, some of it had some honestly Angry Beavers. You guys <laughs> ever see the Big Butox episode? Because you should look up Big Butox. Because yes, that is just a weird way to say buttocks. It is a Bigfoot that just has a huge ass. There's a whole episode about a, a Sasquatch that just has a big ass, and his name is Big Butox. And the whole episode, I'm not making this up. This is a fucking canonical episode of Angry Beavers. And the whole episode, they're trying to find it. Uh, actually, I, uh, off the top of my head, I think it's Norbert is trying to find it. And Dag knows about it. And it's just like, oh, Big Butox exists. So the whole episode is Norbert trying to find Big Butox. And then he finally does. And he like brings him to Dag. And he's like, look, this is it. I found Big Butox. And Dag's like, that's not Big Butox. That's Big Butox. And he points and it zooms out to the solar system. And there's this giant Sasquatch standing on Earth with a huge, fat, hairy ass. Oh, my God. So that's an episode of Angry Beavers. The point is, Jared has perfect for this. <laughs> you ever seen Rugrats? You remember that creepy robot baby that Stu made? No, I don't. You don't remember that? You uh-huh. remember the episode where Grandpa came home and talked about winning Russian roulette? 
No. He, he comes home all like haggard bearded and talks about playing Russian roulette with the, with his buddies. And um, Dee Dee is like, oh, did you win? And he's like, oh, you really don't know what Russian roulette is, do you? Oh, Christ. Anyway, the point is that all Nickelodeon shows are relatively creepy and dark. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect director to make the movie. You know what would be really cool? What? If they did a Kablam crossover into that. That would be fucking cool. Like if like Prometheus and Bob just bopped in. Come on and slam and welcome to Kablam. Yeah, that's the movie, right? Yeah, that's it what is. I'm thinking of. Yeah, does that that movie with Shaq where he was a wizard? Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying so many things right now. <sighs> Forgive me. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it, it would be awesome because some of those were fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I feel like we went and saw both of the Ninja Turtles movies in theaters. Mm-hmm. I won't feel that weird about going and seeing a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. I mean, theoret- technically, theoretically, technically, the new Ninja Turtles movies are Nickelodeon movies, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Fired up. So, just to touch on one last little bit, it's uh, it's movie related, but uh, it's a little bit different from what we've done before. Uh, but I wanted to talk about this Assassin's Creed jump, stunt jump, that I read about today. This shit. Yeah, so, we talked about, we talked about before uh, this Assassin's Creed movie, but, um which I'm still a little hesitant about, but I, I'm going to see it, and I, th- I think it'll be all right. But uh, So I read today that they actually... So a huge part about uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise is this idea that the Assassins can just leap off whatever size building they want. It doesn't matter. Height doesn't matter. It's like part of it. It's like important. Yeah, yeah. It's It, it comes up in every single game a lot. And yeah, you dive off of these... It's called leap, uh, performing a leap of faith, and you dive off a huge fucking building... And you fly through the air and you do like a flip and you land in like a hay bale. And they fucking did one for the movie. And by that, I mean, they didn't just like CG it. They just got a fucking stunt guy, stunt double to do a fucking 125 foot leap of faith. And it was the it was they they said in the video that it was the uh, the highest like leap by done by a stunt guy for a movie in 35 years. So just to jump in here, I did find the original. Okay. Um, when Garrett told me this, I was trying to think like, so that would have been like what, like 1981, what movie came out in 1981 that had like a high free fall in it. I would have never guessed this cause I've never even heard of this fucking movie. Uh-huh. Um, but so the guy's name is Dar Robinson. He was a stunt man. Okay. And uh, the movie was 1981's Sharky's machine starring Burt Reynolds. Oh, Shark in the Machine, of course. Oh, remember where the guy jumps? But yeah, uh, so remember with the fall, he's on it? Yeah. So uh, Dar Robinson did a 220-foot free fall uh, off of Atlanta's Hyatt Regency Hotel in the Burt Reynolds film Sharky Machines. Sharky's Machine, uh, which is the highest free fall stunt ever performed from a building for a commercially released film. Jesus, that's huge. Uh, Interestingly enough, um, just a few years later... He drove off a cliff on a motorcycle doing a stunt. It died. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. That was, ended a lot darker than I expected. As you do. Um, but yeah, so this guy, this uh, the stunt double, his name is Damian Walters. And uh, yeah, he, go watch the video. It is absurd. He did like a bunch of them. He did like, he started at like 20 feet or something. And they, he like built up to it to where he could get the timing right. But yeah, he fully just like dove off this 125 foot platform onto this like when he was up there like the the what he had to hit looked itty bitty it looked like i hated it yeah and he just has to like aim for it and do it 
And I was just, and like, then also like land in such a way that doesn't like fuck him up forever. Yeah. 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 Even at one point he was like in the video, he's like, Oh yeah, I was landing a little bit too much on my head. So it was like hurting my head a little bit. So I'm going to have to like not do that. What? Yeah. Stunt men are wild. Yeah, I was, I was starting to, I was like, how do you get that job? What do you do in your life that you're like, I have the credentials to be a stunt man? What do you have to do? Is there I mean, a I think you just, I think you just jackass. Ugh. Right? Because that's what Steve wanted to do. He wanted to be a stunt man. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, I'm like, I, I feel like I, there's nothing that could prepare you to be able to jump 125 feet and land on your back. Yeah. Uh, so this, this led to me, this, him looking this up led to me looking up, like I was trying to find what the highest jump was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it led to me reading that in the, so this was filming at the end of 2015, but the, the most recent and final resident evil movie, which has mm-hmm. yet to come out. Oh yeah. Um, two stunt performers got fucked up within like five days of each other. Um, so this female performer who was actually uh, Mia Jovovich's stunt double for the film, um, she got in a motorcycle accident and got fucking obliterated. She lived and she's recovering and she's talking about going back to work at some point, but she got fucking wrecked. And then like three or four days later, a Humvee like broke free from some cables and like fell and smashed another dude up against a wall and killed him. Woof. But yeah, this um, I, I'm now blanking on her name, of course, because I didn't write it down like an idiot. But um. She got like broke, broken legs, broken arms, thumb amputated, uh, what's called a degloved face, which is exactly what you think it is. Uh, crushed face, brain trauma, fractured skull, severed neck artery, all fucking spinal damage, nerve damage. Ended up having to get her arm amputated because it had so much nerve damage that it was like atrophied. I don't like and that was just like doing a stunt on Resident Evil. Yeah, I'm just doing a stunt. It's cool. Yeah. So apparently what happened was she was doing a motorcycle stunt and the camera was supposed to pan up out of the way and the crane operator fucked up and she just ran into the camera crane and she didn't have a helmet on because the scene required her face to be CGI'd over with Mia Jovovich. Why can't you just do it over the helmet? Anyway, stunt dangerous work, stunt work, scary. Yeah. Very terrifying. So we end on a dark note. (laughs) Um, but she, that girl's okay for the most part. Yeah, yeah, she she's recovering well. She she posts Instagram pictures, looking you know incredible. Honestly, yeah, um, she has sands an arm and a thumb. But you know, yeah, fuck, I mean, fuck it. I mean, yeah, that's that's and like I told incredible. Garrett, she can do like arm work now. Like there there are extras in movies and stunt performers in movies with amputations that do that do characters that require that to, to do their, their roles. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a cool thing, honestly. Yeah. Um, but did, honestly for me to, to just be able to have a positive, any kind of a yeah, positive if you, attitude, if you look at her Facebook and her Instagram, she's incredibly positive about the whole thing, which yeah. I feel like I would just be like oh, disability time. I'm play video games. <laughs> yep. and be sad. Yeah. Give me that VR set, y'all. Oh yeah, p- plug me in. Um, but yeah, so stunt work is wild, and all all the fucking prep, pre- <laughs> <laughs> all the all the trophies and prizes to to stunt men and women for being just fucking out of control. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely out of control. Yeah. Like think about if you can just make a Resident Evil movie and just get fucking obliterated like that. Like all the shit that goes into these movies that we probably don't even know about. Right, like, every movie probably has multiple stunts on it where people could just get ruined. Mm-hmm. And we just go watch it in the theater and we're like, oh, look, he's riding on it. <laughs> Batman's on top of the car. How neat. 
Look at the purple Lamborghini. But in real life, that dude could have just gotten fucking disintegrated. Yeah. And we would never even know about it. Yeah, it's real. Like some guy died on Suicide Squad. That's the crazy part to me is like literally like they could have just CG'd that fucking dude doing a flip and I would have just taken it at face value. I would just like to me, I don't I feel like I wouldn't even be able to differentiate between him really jumping off a goddamn thing and then them like just CGing some fucking dude doing it from afar. Hollywood at this point, like if you're listening, because I know like major Hollywood execs and producers and studio runners listen to our podcast. Sure, yeah. Um if it, the line is is honestly point A, the line is so blurred now between like live action mm-hmm. practical stunts and CG. Mm-hmm. But even then, like none of us would care if we noticed. Right. Real. Real. Like if we were watching fucking Spider Man and we were like, oh, that's a CGI Spider Man. The movie's ruined for me now. <laughs> right. Or like that girl not wearing a helmet, and it's like, oh, she wouldn't have been able to put a helmet on before taking this this drive. Why? Yeah, like, do you, do you think that we watch Civil War and, like, notice when it's when it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. in a shitty plastic suit and when it's CG and go, like, oh, that one's fake. <laughs> we sit there with a notepad and be like, that one's fake. <laughs> Third scene, 12 minutes, fake. It's fake. I don't want it. That's exactly what I was what watching Jurassic World and those dinosaurs were fucking fake. Did you notice? <laughs> yeah, I noticed the dinosaurs I was like, what? Real. Those yeah. dinosaurs were fucking fake. Yeah. They could have at least used claymation. <laughs> Not this computer-generated trash garbage. Yeah, if you just fucking threw Michael Fassbender off a cliff via computers, I would have never cared. Yep, real. All right, guys. See y'all next time.